Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit beats the Calgary Flames 2-1 thanks to Philip Zadina scoring the game winner in his first game back from injury. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started today. Scotty. After what was a frustrating win against the Edmonton or frustrating loss, rather against the Edmonton Oilers, I would love to rewrite history, but I am not capable of that uh, because the Red Wings played so good yet couldn't come on top. The Red Wings do win this one, despite the fact they got heavily outshot because that's just how hockey kind of goes. But. I will say, I think this may have been one of their best defensive performances of the season thus far. What do you think? Yeah, this, this was a trippy game, man. Like, can we just have a normal win? Like, seriously, is no, it possible? Absolutely not. Can this team just have a normal, we come on here and we're like, you know what? Yeah, it was a solid win, man. Like, you know, they played better than them. Had a couple of lapses, whatever, as hockey goes. But for the most part, it was pretty solid. Not too much to talk about. Like, are we ever going to get just a, a, a easygoing victory? I don't think so. This was this was a, a I want to call it a preposterous game. And, like, uh, not in a negative connotation necessarily. Like, I, I really did think that the Wings played really well. But, yeah, I, I would say that this was a – it was the exact opposite of the problem we have had with the wings all year. And that's what makes it weird defensively, right? We, yeah. what do we say after every game? Oh, they don't allow too many shots, but they allow a lot of high danger shots. This game, they got outshot by a Billy, <laughs> but there's not a single area really. That was a, like a consistent high danger there was nowhere that like the goal was right in front of the net, but like, b- besides that was a one-off thing. Like it wasn't like they were consistently just kind of skating into the slot. Like we're used to, like this was actually a, a, a pretty good performance in terms of avoiding high danger, but they allowed a lot of shots tonight. It's just, this team is, is unbelievable. It was definitely one of those choose your fighter nights where neither <laughs> choice is ideal. Um, But I honestly, I think I'm, Ah, I mean, you know, grass is always greener on the other side. I'm, of course, going to say I think I preferred this type of game where the quantity of shots, they got shot 36 to 17 in this game, in a game where the Red Wings had five power plays, and they still only registered 17 shots on that. Like, that's crazy. But the quality of the shots the Calgary Flames had in this game wasn't that great. And I I said it during the the now, uh, so if you watch Locked On Today, Locked On Sports Today, you'll hear us talk about it. But the Red Wings only gave up in those 36 shots against two high danger shots, one of which was a goal. I mean, that is probably the fewest high danger shots they'd allowed all year. 
the rest of those shots came from outside. Like they came from outside that area. And let me, let me, let me uh, fix my language there real quick. Only two high danger shots at even strength. And so if you make it all strengths, including the power play, then they allowed four, but that's still, I mean, considering they had, I think four power plays themselves, the flames, that's not a lot of high danger opportunities for a team that gives up a lot. And I'm going to throw up the heat map here and give you a visual of what this heat map looked like. And it's exactly what you think based on what we're talking about. Scotty, throw it up real quick here. It's a lot of shots from everywhere, but nowhere in particular is it like a lot. It's the lightest shade of green everywhere in the zone, but nowhere is it dark. And I it, I don't right, know, that, Scotty. If there was blue, that would be over four and a half attempts. So like yeah. everywhere, on, they didn't reach that anywhere. Like they, it was very, very much spread out a lot more and like making them uncomfortable and putting them in, you know, pushing them to the outside, especially what is that left, right, left. <laughs> the left circle like a lot of pushing out to the left circle um i i mean like a a solid defensive performance just like not what we're used to at all in terms of volume versus uh like quality yeah this was a this was a quantity offensive map what is that dude <laughs> i mean <laughs> that's not it, a winning heat map it isn't, but also you got to look at too. The Red Wings do actually have a pretty dark spot right out yeah. in front. Oh yeah! In the first period, again, they had a, the first period. They had, it was their best offensive period, and they didn't even score a single goal in that period. Oh, um, right. But Agreed. they they had a lot of good opportunities. That Raymond opportunity right out in front of the net. They had that double minor power play where they had a crap ton of great opportunities. They couldn't finish that was on. A nice save. I heard. So that. they. They had it was a quantity versus quality type of game where the Flames took a lot, a lot of shots, didn't have a lot of high quality opportunities. Where the Red Wings had not too many shots, but plenty of high danger opportunities. I mean, was it Perron got robbed on that power play by the the paddle yeah. save? Uh, Raymond got tripped up going uh, through the crease. Yep. It's just it's, just, it's it the exact so opposite much. of what we're used to, which yeah. is just what makes it weird. Like we're used to out shooting opponents and losing like that's like our thing right like we do that consistently we outshoot our opponents by five or ten and lose like that we've been doing that all year and now this game we do the exact opposite and we get yeah. outshot by a boatload but we're uh, on the winning side of this one it's just th this team never fails to amaze me and always <laughs> keeps you on your toes and part of that can be almost predictable as well because we talked about it yesterday the calgary flames have the second best Corsi four percentage in the league which means they have the second highest ratio of shot attempts they give up the most and give up the least second most second most in the in the league second best in the league when there it comes to that that ratio and it showed in this game they only gave up 17 shots but had 36 but they did not score uh outside of that one goal which is ironic because it was almost done with the second period, like what, like four minutes left. And the buddy I was with at the time, because I was lucky enough to go to the game. He goes, doesn't this feel like one of those games where the, whoever scores the first goal is going to have the backbreaker and less than 10 seconds later, that slap shot from the point goes top shelf. And he's like, I feel partly responsible for that. <laughs> um, but you know what defensively and, and the analytics aren't going to, aren't going to agree with this. I mean, it says this person had a 21 Corsi four percentage and a negative 15.63 Corsi four percentage. But this is one of those games that proves that the advanced analytics doesn't always um, 
match the eye test. I thought Ben Sherratt had probably his best game of the season, and the, none of the advanced analytics agree with that. His expected goals for is t- 24%. He was a negative 32% relative. Yet, I felt like every single time he was out there, he was blocking a shot. He was breaking up passes, things like that. I, I felt he was doing a great job of preventing opportunities in the defensive zone. Yeah, I thought he looked solid. I, I, I don't know. I think there was... I'm trying to remember who the opponent was. There was one game. Calgary. Or, uh, was there? Oh, were you talking about tonight? You're so funny, dude. Uh, I want to say it was like a month or a month and a half ago. We came on here and talked about a game, and and I thought that that was Sherrod's best game of the season. But I, I regard my memory I, is very short, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I I do agree with you, though, in the sense that I, I thought – and, you know, like we talk about like what those analytics mean all the time and that it's, you know, very possible to look solid and, and not have very good numbers in those regards as well as the other way around. But um, I, 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 thought, I thought he was solid. And, you know, like that was a weird situation where he started off like down low and then Wallman – got hurt early on. So he kind of had to step up and, and like play with cider. And there was like mid game kind of carousel moving around pairings and such. And, and I thought everybody to, to everybody's credit, uh, they uh, continued to adjust really well with kind of the carousel that was going on in the first uh, 20, 30 minutes of the game and, and still put together a, a pretty decent defensive performance. So. No, I'm. You are spot on, and he definitely had a, a ex, extra burden with Wallman going down. And first of all, side note: thank God he came back. Yeah, I was. I was terrified. Yeah, because he didn't get up, and they had to bl- blow the call dead, and he like limped off the ice. And the next period, he was back out there, and it's like this mf or just had the wind knocked out of him or some crap, and yeah. just was like milking it. But thank God he's healthy. I mean, Sherrod stepped up big in this game. I thought, and I thought defensively as a whole, this was the defense's best game because, and then, which is really funny saying that in a game where they gave up 36 shots against, but again, quality is a, is a thing. And I, I think they did defeat defense did a fantastic job of keeping the high danger opportunities outside of the slot, outside of the crease, which has been a problem they've had all year long. Those shots kept coming from the outside and the point where the danger is low. The shot attempt percentage is low. Like that, I thought they did a very nice job defensively in this game, which is something we haven't been able to say all year long. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about best performance of the year. Like we've had they, – Again, had my, a, my memory is very short. Like, they've gotten I, it, they, they, they pulled it together for a few games here and there. It's, you know, the unpredictability of this team. But I, I definitely think for, for having an effective defensive game going completely – off script and out of character of what you usually do defensively, I think is a, a, a good sign Uh, again, like 36 shots is 36 shots, whatever. But I, I I agree with the fact that, you know, having an uh, executing an effective game plan defensively, that has been the complete opposite of your game plan for the last four months is definitely an impressive thing to do. Absolutely. And when we come back, we'll continue this conversation on uh, the game recap to one win over the Calgary Flames. We got to talk about the goal scores. We got to talk about who so. And I want to give I want to give a quick shout out to the special teams, which I thought was fantastic in this game outside of one power play. But outside of that, they, I thought it looked good. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel this year. The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about this new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. 
FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about this 2-1 win over the Calgary Flames in which the Red Wings did just enough to secure the win. You know, it's just really funny. We, we, we draw these parallels to the game against the Edmonton Oilers. And because they, they kind of worked out differently in a game where it felt like the Red Wings had a lot of opportunities and couldn't finish this game. They didn't have a lot of opportunities, but they finished on the ones that mattered. Um, I mean, obviously there were ones they didn't finish on as well, because again, we go back to the Raymond cutting out in front, the power plays, but that Dylan Larkin goal, you go down by one with just what two minutes, three minutes left in the second period. So dirty. You go onto your fourth power play and Kenny leans over to me. He goes, they have to score on this one. Like this is going to make or break the game. And that feed from Perron to Larkin in all alone. And then that just top shelf, top shelf snipe. That was good for two, three reasons. I mean, one, Dylan's trying to secure the bag. Reason one, two, it tied the game in a crucial moment with twelve seconds left in the first second period, and also it was a power play goal. Which to that point, even though their power play had looked good with the exception of one power play up until that point, it had yet to convert. So that conversion goes a long way to kind of boosting the morale. So that goal had so many layers to it as to why it was such an important moment. I like yelled when that happened. That was such a beautiful play, a beautiful shot, just beautiful execution all around the, the, the pass was incredible. Like they showed like the slow-mo of the pass and just like avoiding sticks all over. And then the puck just gliding and landing right on Larkin stick. Somehow it, it really was a, a beautiful play perfectly executed all around. Um, and yeah, definitely happened. Happy for Dylan and man, I, I like, I, I literally watched it like 15 times. That was, <laughs> that was, I, I think one of the prettiest like setups and, and goals like execution wise of the season. Probably. So what was the stand? What was the bigger stand up and scream moment? Larkin's goal or Philip Zadina's goal? Cause that Zadina's, was a pretty no, play. So too. Zadina's didn't make me stand up and yell. Zadina's made me literally laugh. <laughs> like I j- and not like in a in an insulting way, just in like a, of course, like that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like genuinely, that's funnier than any stand-up comedy act you'll ever see. Like that's genuinely hilarious. Philip Zadina comes back and immediately scores a goal. That's just that's that's peak humor. So you got to take this part. Next thing I'm going to say with like a grain of salt, um, because their line, the fourth line of Zadina, Sunquist, and Suter were the only three players on the team that had less than 10 minutes of ice time. But there are also three of the only four players in this game. And man, that fourth player is... There are three of the only four players in this game that had an above 50 Corsi 4 percentage. Um, And that was Zadina, who was number one, followed by Sunquist and Suter. 
So Zadina had your best Corsi 4 percentage in this game and your best expected goals 4 percentage of in this game of 0.67 and expected goals against of 0.06 in this game. Now, again, that ratio sounds nice, but you got to remember they were only they played less than 10 minutes. So it was not a lot of shots for or shot attempts against in those 10 minutes. Whereas guys like Philip Peronic, who had a 21%, saw seven shot attempts for and 26 shot attempts against. For Philip Zinnan, who's all the way at the top, it was eight for and six against. So a lot smaller sample size to get that friendly ratio. But their fourth line, when paired against the Calgary Flames' fourth line, was the better fourth line. And that that game-winning goal was a beautiful setup by Zadina and Sunquist and Robert Haig, who was your fourth of four guys who had above 50 Corsi 4 percentage. So two guys who have been healthy scratches in the most recent nights were two of the guys that were at the top of your analytics in this game. Um, so tell me they had something to play for without telling me they had something to play for <laughs> reading those analytics. But yeah, that, that Zadina goal, man, it felt very vindicating because I'm someone who it's not like Rasmussen where I could see like he's, he's getting better. Like I'm telling you, he's going to be good with Zadina. It's been pure emotion for me. It's been like stubbornness to let go of the fact that I think he can do it. Like no real like analysis behind that. Besides, I just don't want to give up. And so to see him get that goal in his first game back and for it to be a game winning goal, I, I, I jumped out of my seat and I was screaming so loud. I was roaring up there in the, in the up top, top of the LCA. It was, I was having a good time. <laughs> Is that water in that cup? Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was, uh, it, it was, uh, like I said, I genuinely laughed. Like I thought it was like, of course hockey, hockey does as hockey does, as we say. So yeah, definitely a really funny moment, but yeah, a very cool moment and important moment as well. And I'm, I'm hoping that that Z can have a good second half of the season. He got first star of the game too, because of the game winner. And he just earned himself his second consecutive game. And in honestly, a row that you know, goal. everything that we talk about with Sedina, he did well in this game. Like, yeah, you know, he, he, put, he put the puck in the back of the net, which is obviously always going to be like the clickbait, easy thing to talk about. But I mean, we've been talking about for a while how in the neutral zone and whatnot, like he, he has a pretty good defensive presence and uh, and whatnot. And this game was no different. Like he did that well, too. It's just he that whole play that was just, you know kind of ping pong back and forth. When, when Sunquist went back to Zadina, I was like, why don't shoot? Cause I was like, <laughs> I, I, so many times we've seen these, these players try to do that one extra pass when they don't need to, but it, it worked out. That and time it. it was, I mean, if he would have, <laughs> if he would have missed that, we would have had a serious problem because that mm -hmm. was, there was basically no goalie in that. That was the most wide open that I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It was, it was a great play. Um, anyway, you, Anyway, you slice it. Now, we got to talk about Vili Husso, of course. He had a fantastic game. 35 of 36 shots, or would they finish with 30? Yeah, 35 of 36 saves in this game. Save percentage of like 9-7. Goal saved above expected was one and a half. So he saved a goal and a half more than he gave up, which is like an extra goal and a half, which – yeah he had a great game, which is a great bounce back game after back-to-back -back games, pre all-star break and Edmonton where he didn't look so hot. So that's, he had a fantastic game. I don't know how else to say it. I, I completely agree. And I, and I think that 
man, like we've talked about it so much, right? Like we've talked about his impact on this team and how like this season would probably be looking even a lot different than it already is if it were not for Huso. And I, I just, I appreciate him so much. And I, I, when I go to bed and close my eyes, I dream about Vili Huso having a good defense. That's what I dream about. And I dream about like how good he, the heights that he could reach and how good he could be if he had a competent defense in front of him. And I think there are some outliers in this season. And this game was, was one of them where the defense was actually kind of high. And so it was, it was nice to see. I wasn't sure where you were going with that at first. And I was like, is he talking to tell me he's dreaming of who? So, uh, which I guess you kind of did. I kind of did say that. So, <laughs> um, but, the last thing in regards to this game I want to bring up, because we got to do a game preview in uh, segment three, is the penalty kill went three for three. The penalty yeah. kill was very good in this game. There were a couple of moments where I was sweating a little bit, but they they did the job and they accomplished it, which just adds on to the fact that the defense, the team defense in this game, did a good job of preventing any high-quality opportunities yeah. for the Flames. We've kind of been in the box a lot lately, eh? Yeah, but that so the the first and this is part of the reason, like the first penalty that Ben Chirac got called on, which was the tripping call when he dove on the two one one. I take that penalty every single time sure. because it was a two one one, and he took the passing lane away and took the body out. That's a good penalty. Sure. The second penalty, his slashing penalty, was weak as hell. Like he whacked him in the stick, so yeah, like technically it was a slash, but they let that slash go nine times out of ten. Sure. The first penalty, I don't even remember who it was against and what it was. I was there at the game. It was the juices were flowing, so <laughs> I can't remember which get one, which goal that was, or penalty that was. Man, I can't remember either. That's a good look. I mean, look, I'm looking right now. Phil Peronic holding. I remember that oh, one. That was yeah. against the boards. That was a legitimate yeah, penalty. Yeah. Um, he he had a, he had a hand on him. So I just like you know for for every fault that the Wings have that we talk about all the time after every game. The one thing that they have consistently been very good at this season is staying out of the box. And I feel like in the last, like, I, I guess maybe it's just the last two games. Maybe it's just the, the Edmonton game was crazy. That was, cheap. yeah. Maybe it's just since the, since the break, they've been a little, little, uh, little penalty happy, but. All right. We're going to go to one more quick break. And when we come back, we'll preview the game against Vancouver, Western Canada came to us and then the Red Wings are going to go to Western Canada. Stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Let's do a game preview now, Scotty, of the game on Saturday at LCA to round out this homestand uh, against the Vancouver Canucks. It's a noon game, 12 o'clock, uh, matinee showing. And I love the fact that it's going to be a noon game. I'm going to get blitzed at home watching this hockey game because it's on a saturday <laughs> okay i'm looking what? forward to it man all right i'm on i'm on a white russian kick i'm loving white russians right now what's happening okay i mean that's cool, the game man. preview right now i'm, I'm telling you <laughs> it's a great My, preview this is what this people is, really care about this, this is, great, is gonna man. be the uh i'm drunk and i love hockey saturday of the year <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like obviously that screenshot will go down in, in infamy and live on forever but the underrated follow-up like three months later <laughs> where i just have a text from brian that says uh-oh i'm drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um 
Yeah, I mean, as far as Vancouver goes, this is uh, a team that is honestly this season. I uh, they they have some talent for sure, and uh, this season they're they're well under, I guess I would say, uh, five hundred this year, and and it's certainly not a you know playoff team or anything like that. But they they still have some talent on this team, and I think that. I don't know with this wings team, like there are just aren't, there are no gimme games. There are no games that you're just like, Oh yeah. Like you were the better team. This will be easy. <laughs> like, like there's I, always uh, some sort of conversation around it. And I also think that Vancouver kind of plays into our weaknesses a little bit. Like Vancouver is a really good offensive team and genuinely just gives up like four goals a night. And so like that, like they're, they're, I mean, for real, like they're one of the the better offensive teams. They're in the top ten, top third in the league in goals scored, but they're in the bottom two in in goals against. Like that's that's just what it is. So I guess I'll be taking the over. I guess is my uh, my my short answer here. Yeah. So they're an interesting team because, like, literally all the things you just said. So they are one fewer in dynamic goal scores, and I. In Bo Horvat, and I say dynamic goal, goal scorers, he's having a career year. He's never had no, a year for sure. quite that's like a, this. That's a huge, like obvious elephant in the room hit that we won't have to deal with when we play him yeah. that they've had all year for sure. Because a guy who's had like a career high of like fifty points has fifty four already and thirty goals this season is now on the New York Islanders, right? Who, which means we will have to face him more often, but we don't have to face him on right. Saturday on or Saturday Monday at noon while Brian's. <laughs> down in white Russians and giving up stomach from all that heavy cream. Uh, but they still have Elias Patterson, who's a fantastic talent. He's got 22 yeah. goals, 38 assists for 60 points in 49 games played. Quinn Hughes on the back end is a, gr- is a great defenseman. The Red Wings could have had him. Quinn um, Hughes, man. Michigan university, of Michigan alum, 47 points yep. in 47 games, 42 assists. Dude is a playmaker. Uh, and then, of course, JT Miller is still playing really well despite all the criticism that he gets. He's got 46 points in 51 games played. Does not play defense, which is why he's a minus 14. Uh, but their, their, big, their big flaw, Scotty, is, is their I'm sorry. Game. Real quick, we're recording this, obviously, on Thursday night. Yeah. Vancouver played the Islanders tonight, and it was a 6-5 final. <laughs> Vancouver won, so shout out for the little revenge game there, I guess. Um, I'm shocked the Islanders let up that many goals. And, yeah, agreed. And, yeah, Hughes had, like, two or three points in that game, so he's probably got, like, 44 or 45 if you're seeing 42. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it's it's just – I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, that, you're that good. This is a good context. Thing that, that I, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I think they're I think they played tonight and, and it was a very on brand Vancouver game. And I, I really don't expect ours to be too much different. But yeah, like they, they let up a lot of goals and they literally have the worst penalty kill in the NHL. And those are the two biggest things that you can kind of point to. Yeah. So it's gonna come down to can the Red Wings defense and yeah, right. They play into our weaknesses pretty hard, but it is their their goaltending is awful. Uh all three of their goalies have played significant amount of games, 28 games for Martin, 15 games for Demko, 13 games for Delia, and all three of them have sub-890 save percentages. They Not even 900. They're 30 second in the entire NHL in team save yeah. percentage on the year. 
So it's going to be like this game against the Islanders. It's going to have to come down to a little bit of a shootout. If you can, and here's something too that I didn't bring up. The Red Wings, despite having lost the game against Edmonton, I thought the game, their game plan in the last two games has actually been very effective. You know, what made the difference in against the Edmonton Oilers was not being able to capitalize on your big opportunities because they had some huge opportunities. Right. You shut down Drysaddle and McDavid very well, and you outplayed them, but you just couldn't bury the puck. Against Calgary, you took the second-best team in the league at Corsi 4 and expected goals 4 percentage, and you kept their shot attempts low quality. Like, the, your game plan was effective against those two teams, and the Vancouver Canucks are the worst of the three. So, I mean, if you're going to ask me, it's too early because we're recording this on Thursday evening. It, we don't have the FanDuel odds up for this, but I imagine that this would be a game where the Red Wings are favored. And, and I would take the Red Wings because I think the Red Wings should win this game against the Vancouver Canucks, despite the fact that they play into our weaknesses, like you said. But you can't, even if the Red Wings defense is poor and their offense is potent, you can't cover up the fact that their goaltending and their defense is also very bad. And the second, would you say the worst penalty kill in the league? Yeah, the worst penalty kill and the worst team per save percentage yeah. in the league. And they're 31st in goals against. Like yes. everything that involves keeping the puck out of their own net, they are like in the worst in the NHL. In. But I, yeah. they're not like at the bottom of the league, you know, like Bernard sweepstakes, like, you know what I mean? Like prolifically losing team just because they're off. It's like the Big 12 in football. Like every game is just 65 to 58. And you're like, all right, yeah, that's the Big 12. <laughs> like that's just Vancouver. It's like, oh, there's, there's 13 goals scored in this game. Oh, yeah, it's just the Canucks. Like, well, and then the crazy thing is, is the Red Wings immediately go from playing Western Canada in Detroit to going out and playing Western Canada in their yeah, home race. Next week is out west. They do, yeah. uh, they do Edmonton, Vancouver, Seattle, Cal and Cal Calgary too, I think. Do they? Yes, I okay. think because they do three go. Canadian teams and then Seattle next Saturday. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go. So yeah. all so. three teams you just played, you're playing them again in next week. <laughs> and it starts with Vancouver. So you're doing a home and home with Vancouver, which is wild. yeah, home and home in, in 48 hours against Vancouver is wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Scotty, if any final thoughts on this game, do you think Philip Zidina earns a second consecutive game? Uh, I think he does. I think you have to. After scoring the game-winning goal, you got to keep trying to build his confidence up. Yeah, I think I think you kind of have to. I agree with that. Um, how about what are you taking the over under? If you even move it up to seven and a half, are you taking the over or the under? Oh, so you would be looking at seven like and a half. four-three final is the under. I think I'd take the under at seven and a half. I think that's too rich for my blood. Are you taking the over at six and a half? I would, yeah. Okay. That one goal is making the difference for me. For sure, for sure. I'm I'm taking – I feel really good about the over, which naturally means it'll be like a one nothing game because yeah. that's just like how hockey works. But I think also Huso will probably get the start again. I think Magnus yeah, Helberg will probably get starts on the road. But I think they try and they want to capitalize on any momentum I, they have. I, I wouldn't be surprised home. if they split the week, like if they just went like Saturday through Saturday, I guess, right? Like the entire Western road trip. It wouldn't surprise me if they because they're playing almost every other game there. I think they have two days off in the middle of the week at one point. So uh, maybe maybe three one. But yeah, I, I agree. I think Huso or um, Helberg is going to get is going to get a look. Yeah, oh, well, you sure. you got to give Helberg a start at some point just to keep him fresh. 
Yeah, and my point was just that like he's definitely going to get at least one, but it wouldn't even surprise me if, like I said, if if they kind of did a two-and-two thing. Yep, agreed. All right, Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball. We do ball. We'll be back on Monday with a brand-new episode. Have a great weekend, guys. Uh, Enjoy the Super Bowl. I don't know who you guys are rooting to win. I think both teams are teams I want to lose. Check out FanDuel, dude. It's the most – so Super Bowl, obviously, like the most bet on sporting event of the year. FanDuel has like crazy like props and odds and everything. There's like a lot you can bet on and have fun with. So Absolutely. So have fun with that. Go Wings. Uh, Enjoy a beverage with me at noon on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Anybody else is waking up at like 11 in the morning and is like, hmm, Irish coffee? Just know Brian's joining (laughs) you somewhere in Michigan. I don't know what compelled me to like just be like, yeah, I'm getting. I have no clue, dude. That was the most out of pocket thing that's maybe ever happened. We're doing a game breakdown, (laughs) a game preview, and Brian just goes, yeah, I'm going to be messed up for this game. Oh, man. That That's, was crazy. That man. was the most stream of consciousness thing I think I've ever had. Where, like, <laughs> what the first thing that popped in my brain, because I, like, I realized, oh, it's a noon game. I'm going to get drunk. And I just <laughs> said it out loud. <laughs> Insane commentary. Just ridiculous. Uh, we have fun here. We have fun here. So, same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day.